Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. less than attentive the weeks you have been here, uh, called Born to Lead. I'm going to catch you up. We were in this series, and here's the whole premise, that every single one of us, every single person that has raised their hand, that has called upon Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that all of us, we are called to be leaders in God's kingdom. Maybe the simplest definition of leadership all time is simply helping someone get from where they are to where God wants them to be. The Bible says in 1 Timothy that it is actually God's will. If you want to know what God's will, what God's heart is, it's actually the will of God that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, to name a few, uh, are scriptures that, that tell us or give us instruction that the, the moment we said yes to Jesus, that we were enlisted in the Lord's army, if you will, that we're all called to leverage what we have to share with our world the good news about Jesus, that we've been called to within our sphere of influence to tell people, to reach people, to evangelize and help people to know this good God that, that, we, that we serve. I've said it in previous weeks, but your vocation, the job that you have, the campus you're on, the classroom you're in, the, the, the team you're on, that your vocation is simply the location God has placed you to fulfill that call that's on your life. We've all been called to lead. Paul says in addition to that, all of us, we've been given something. We've been given gifts, talents, abilities, and God's called us to use what we've been given to help build his church and to advance his kingdom. You know, the local church is a big deal. Can I get an amen? That while we're all called to evangelize our world, that it's the local church, the body of Christ, where, where people come and are ministered to and discipled and delivered, where people are surrounded by community that are, that, that's able to help them become and be equipped to fulfill the call. The local church is a big deal. And the Bible is explicitly clear. I think we said this in the first couple of weeks, that uh, if, you're, if you're an intelligent person, which all of us here are intelligent people, uh, if you're an intelligent person that has even a whiff of belief in Scripture, you cannot argue that, no, we've all been called. We've all been called to lead. Leadership in God's kingdom, it's not a title. It's not a position of authority. Leadership in God's kingdom is simply recognizing I've been given something. God's deposited something within me, and I've been called to use that, to bring that forth, to lead, to help reach people and build his house. We're, we're all called to lead. We've said this every single week, but you, we, we got to take the pressure off because leadership in God's kingdom, it is not a burden to carry. We, we should never leave like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm called to lead. I, no, 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 leadership in God's kingdom, it's not about putting more on you. It's about pulling out of you what God's already deposited. Jesus said in John chapter four, my food, the thing that fills and nourishes my soul is to do the will of my father and to finish his work. It is the most life-giving, fulfilling thing in the world to fulfill the call that's on your life. There's a calling, there's a purpose, there's a plan on your life, and we've all been called to, to lead. We talked about in the last number of weeks our need for vision, our need to receive revelation, that we'd see it on the inside so we could live it out on the outside. And then last week, Pastor Gil preached an amazing message on faithfulness and how in God's kingdom, what we see is that faithfulness always comes before fruitfulness. 
And today as we close, as we end our series, I want to talk about walking worthy of the call that's on our lives. Uh, I want to read you this, this little statement that I wrote in my notes. We are called to walk worthy of the call that's on our life. There is, in fact, a standard of living that each one is called to that is set apart from, from the world. It has nothing to do, I repeat, nothing to do with performance, perfection, or a false sense of earning and deserving. But rather, walking worthy of God's call is simply the recognition of what God has placed on one's life and the alignment to that thing. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it's where I want to start this morning. I'm reading out the New King James Version. And the Apostle Paul, he's writing, and this is what he says. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I'm encouraging you. I'm pleading with you. I am doing all that, that, that I can, all that's within me to, to, to get you to, to, to see this or to, to uh, heed to this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that by the mercies of God, you present your bodies, your life, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your, I love this, it's your reasonable service. It's the most logical, reasonable thing you can possibly do. It's your reasonable service. And we'll, we'll get to that in, in a moment. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you're taking notes, you can drop this down. Title of the sermon this morning is simply this, a new level of living, a new level of living. And allow me one, one more time to pray for us and ask that God would take these moments and he really would speak to us in a real way. You, you know, that's the thing we're after, by the way. I don't, I don't know how, how long you've been a part of our church or if it's your first time, but we're never after information. Information is, is not what we need. What we're after is revelation. And revelation is when God takes his word, takes a sermon maybe like this, and he, he speaks to you on the inside. He, he deposits something on the inside. He opens your eyes to something that you cannot see and I cannot even help you see without God being the one to, to reveal it. I can't tell you how many times I've been listening to, to a sermon and I'll, I'll tell Pastor Gill or someone that I'm listening to, wow, when, when you made that statement, it was so good and, and they say something like, I've never said that. I actually didn't make, but it was in, in the context of, of reading, listening, that, that the Holy Spirit spoke something. What we're after is revelation. So let's pray this morning and say, God, if we're going to take the time to sit here on a Sunday and we're going to open the Bible, speak to us, change us, transform us today according to your word. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you today for the gift that is your word. Not just the written word, but the revealed word. Paul says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend or understand the things you have prepared for those who, who, who love you, but by the Spirit of God, they have been revealed. So I pray today for every single person. I know that every single person here is in a unique space and place in their life, in their heart. You know where they are. So would you speak today across all of this room, including myself, and would you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive from you what only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Um, I'm going to make a really big assumption today, and that is you are a normal Christian, God-fearing person, and like myself, you love Chick-fil-A. Can I get an amen? And it, like, like people who don't like Chick-fil-A, 
I, I just, like, they're in the category for me with cat people. There's nothing wrong with being a cat person. I just don't understand. I, I, just, I don't have that understanding. Um, I, someone texted me right before I walked up and my phone buzzed, and I, and I looked, and that was someone that was watching online church, and they said, how dare you bring up Chick-fil-A on a day that Chick-fil-A is closed? I got my three kids crying for Chick-fil-A now, and I can't even, I can't even make good on that. Um, I didn't realize how much I loved Chick-fil-A until we had kids and we started going in, in a rate that is not, that is not okay. Uh, my kids call it Chick-fil-A. Chick-a-L-A. Can we go to Chick-fil-A? Um, and, and one of the things that's really notable for, for, for Chick-fil-A, you can probably help me to complete the statement, is when you go to Chick-fil-A and you say, thank you so much, the response altogether is, my, my pleasure. Uh, this was pre, pre-COVID, we were dining in a Chick-fil-A and uh, we were sitting there, our kids, we finished our meal, our kids were playing in the play place, and uh, this young man, uh, high school student, comes over, says, hey, can, 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 can I take the trash for you? Oh, that'd be awesome, thank you so much. And so he's clearing our table, and he's taking the trash, and he's you know, helping us out, and he, and he walks over and goes, hey man, thank you so much. And right on cue, he says, my pleasure. And I don't know why I did it, but I did. He's walking over and said, hey, excuse me, one second. Yes, sir. Can I ask you a question? Is it really your pleasure? And I'll never forget this. He, he legitimately turned around and looked for like his boss. And I'll never f- forget these words. He goes, nah, it's just my job. <laughs> I loved it. Is it really your pleasure? Nah, it's just my job, man. I, I loved it though and it stuck with me because what a picture for you and I of, of, of walking worthy or aligning our life with God's call. What was he saying? He was saying on this particular Saturday, actually my preference was not to wake up early and put on this uniform and this name tag and come clean up your trash and the mess that your kids made. That's actually not my, 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 my pleasure. That's actually not my preference. I had better things or other things I'd rather be doing on a Saturday. However, I received a job. I received a position. It came with a uniform and a name tag, and and so while it is not my pleasure, while it's not my preference, while it's not the thing that I most hoped and desired to do on this Saturday, I'm I'm aligning my words and my actions with the thing that I've I've received. Now I know there's tons of holes in that metaphor, and uh, you can email Pastor Gill if you'd like and uh, and point those out. But 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 it reminds me of what Paul is saying because. I think we forget sometimes in the culture that we live in that is so predicated on preference. So predicated on, hey, just, like everyone, you do what's good for you. So whatever's convenient for you, whatever's comfortable for you, I, I like to refer to it as the Burger King culture. You can have it your way. Hey, just church, God, like, hey, whatever is your way, that's, that's the way for, for you. We, we, we hold on to what we consider, this was my right. This is my right. My, 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 my privilege. Let me get that mic just in case. Thank you so much. We, we, we hold on to this is my right. This is my privilege. This is my thing. And we forget that that's actually not, that's actually not a kingdom mentality. That's actually not kingdom or Bible thinking or living or even language. Because Jesus said things like, if you want to come follow me, yeah, I want to come. If you want to come follow me, then deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. 
We, we, we like to gloss over words like Romans 12.1 that we just read where Paul says things like, I'm, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you offer your body, you offer your whole life as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. One that is holy and acceptable to, to God, this is your, it's your reasonable service. Paul, Paul says this in Ephesians chapter four, verse one. He says this, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, again, same, same terminology, I beseech you to walk, to live worthy or in alignment with the calling with which you were called. What, what, what is that calling with which we were called? Well, if you track back through I'll just say the whole New Testament, but let's just say the first three chapters of Ephesians. He's not just talking about a call to leadership. He's not just talking about a call to be used by God. He's talking holistically about this calling that we've received from death to life. He, he's, he's reminding us that because God so loved you and I, that he gave his one and only son, that because Jesus so loved you and I that he honored and abided by, by the Father's will and command, and he laid his life down, that he was beaten and bruised and whipped to the point that he was in, uh, uh, unrecognizable, that he hung on a cross suffocating in his own blood for hours on end to pay the price and the penalty for our sin, for our wrong, for our error, so that simply through belief, through faith, that we can be reconciled to God that we were, we were delivered from death, from, from, from the slavery of sin and destruction of our own ways, and we were brought into marvelous light. He, he's reminding us that this is not our home. There's, there's a good friend of mine that his father just passed away recently, and I saw him do a Facebook post, and he said my dad's favorite emoji in the phone was, was the little alien head Be, because, because he always said, this is not my home. That, that this actually is not our home, that we are sojourners, that Jesus right now is preparing a place for us in eternity where every tear will be wiped away, where all hurt and pain and anguish will disappear and we will spend eternity with God. He's preparing right now for us. And in the meantime, that we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. Wrote Romans 5, 1 through 2, that, that by faith I've been justified and now have access to all of God's grace. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my protector. He's my source of wisdom. He's my, he, he, he's given me everything. And none of it is because I earned it or deserved it or achieved it. It's all been given. I've been called out of the grips of death and hell into this marvelous light simply because, because of God's love. And Paul, Paul says, he says that call, not only that, but the, the reality that, that now we've, we've been called to be carriers. One of the things that the pa Pastor Gill, I've heard him say it all growing up and it just stuck with me. What a privilege, what an honor it is to be able to play any part in God's kingdom. Are you kidding me? Like that the creator of heaven and earth would want to involve you and I in his plan, in his mission, that he would call us 
to be carriers of something so precious. Paul said, in, in light of the calling with which you've been called, walk, live worthy of that. Align your life in, in, a, in accordance with the weight of that glory and that call. How, how, how do I do that? I want to give you just three thoughts this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. First thought is simply this, that the way that we do this is, is well, it starts with renewing the mind. You can write that in notes. It starts with a renewed mind. I heard a pastor say this recently. He said, nobody walks in the will of God because they want to. Nobody does. Nobody walks in the will of God because they drew a line in the sand and said, that's it. From, from now on, I'm going to walk worthy of the call. Great sermon. I'm totally stirred up. That's it. From this day forward, um, n- n- nobody does that. Nobody does. I've been to enough youth camps. I made this reference in first service. I said where kids are like throwing away their CDs, like the secular music. And then I realized no one even knows what CDs are anymore. So let's just say that they're, 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 they're deleting. So I'm, I'm deleting all my secular music and I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave this friend group. And, I'm, and, and it's so short-lived because nobody just by will lives in the will of God. No, no, no. People walk in God's will because they've made a decision to renew their mind and their renewed mind leads them in the will of God. We, we, we don't live in and walk in the ways of God because we're, we're just so disciplined and our self-willing. No, no. We, we walk in God's will in ways because our mind has been renewed and our renewed mind leads us in God's will. Romans 12, 2, listen to what Paul says. He, he says, do not... Be conformed. That word conformed is to be shaped from the outside. Circumstance, situation, people, environment. To, to, to allow the outside to shape, to mold you. Heard the same pastor. He, he said that when you live a conformed life, so good. He, he said you, you've given away all of your authority and, and you've become a victim to your circumstance. That when, when you live a life that is simply shaped by the outside, you've given all your authority away. And you simply become a victim to whatever circumstance you're currently in. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed. That word transformed, it's, it's to be changed from within. It's to be changed from within based upon an, an internal reality or truth. You know, you know, the reality is that all of us today, we're either right here, right now, like real time, we're either being conformed or we're being transformed. I, I, I wish that there was such thing as neutral in God's kingdom. I wish that we could just work really hard and that we could get to, to, a, to a certain point and then we could just, all right, whew, I'm here. This is, the, this is the ideal spiritual condition that I've always wanted. I'm here now and I can just, but this is not how it works. There is no neutral. I'm either living a transformed life or I'm living a, a, can I just ask you, maybe just taking a moment to to think, consider, currently is your life conformed or is it being transformed? Has it been pressed and molded and shaped from the outside or is there an internal reality, a truth that is day by day from the inside out changing you? transforming you. Paul said, don't be, don't be conformed 
by the pattern of this world, but be transformed, Romans 12, 2, by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing. What does that mean to, to renew my mind? It's the washing. It's, it's the cleaning. It's, it's the cleansing of our mind. It's the age-old example that I've heard since I was in middle school. Nobody showers once a month. And if they do, that's a problem. No one showers once a year. No one only showers on Christmas and Easter. No, no one showers. No, there's, there's a daily cleansing, washing, renewing, restoring that has to happen because of the dirt and the debris. Your spirit's the same way. That there has to be a renewing, a washing, a changing from the inside out of your thinking, of your internal. Paul said this, and I forget the reference. I think it's 1 Corinthians 4, I believe, 4.16, I believe. But Paul said, though our outside man is perishing, my inner man's being renewed day by day. Hey, even though my outside situation, circumstance, is actually not getting better right now. And my, out, my, my outer man is, but internally I'm being renewed day by day. Nobody walks in the will of God because they want to. No one goes, you know what? There is a call that's on my life. God has called me to something great. He does want to use me. All right, that's it. I'm gonna, no one does that. And, and those who try to do that, every time all, always end in discouragement, disillusionment, and a lot of them just throw in the towel. Yeah, I tried that. I really felt like God had a call, had a purpose, had a plan, and I, I gave myself to it, and then it just, just didn't, didn't work out. It, it's because it, it, it only happens through a renewed mind. I want to give you a couple of just scriptures to jot down. 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17. I'm sure that you know this scripture, but Paul writes and Paul says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, all scripture cover to cover, it's God-inspired, and it is profitable or useful, one translation says, for teaching, for correcting, for training in righteousness. I love this, verse 17, for the purpose of the man or woman of God being complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4.12, we, we don't have to read it verbatim, but, but it says that all, all Scripture is it's living, that God's word actually, because God is living, his word is alive. And his word today is not dead. It is not facts. It is not just information, but it's living. It's breathing. And when you read the Bible, you're not reading the Bible. The Bible's reading you. That God, through his words, begins to open you up. I, I love that it says that it's a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. That you can hide everything from everybody else. You can even convince yourself and hide everything from yourself at times, not from God. And God's so loving and so gentle and so gracious through his word will begin to open your heart and to discerner of thoughts and intents. And he begins to transform you from the inside out. Think about Joshua 1.8 where God says to, to, to Joshua, he says, this book of the law, <clears throat> it shall not depart from you, 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 but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may be able to do. There, 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 there it is again. 
Nobody just lives in the will of God and walks worthy because they want to. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was born in a Christian home and my parents are Christians. I've been in church my whole life and uh, done a ton of camps, ton of conferences, ton of retreats. I uh, actually volunteered at a VBS back in 1984. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty set on, doesn't happen. He said, Joshua, do you want to do? Joshua, do you want to walk in and find good success in this thing I've called you to? Then this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, mutter. You you shall take this thing and and you'll begin renewing, renewing, washing, and and it'll enable you to, Romans 12, 2 says, to, to, to come to know, to approve what is that good, pleasing, perfect will of God. I was thinking about this this week, and um, I asked Pastor Yo. I said, I want, I want to make this statement, but I, I want to make sure it's accurate. And first service, I hadn't yet asked him, and I'm like, oof, I should ask him before I say this because I think it's accurate, but I have such a limited perspective sometimes. But, but, but I've been thinking about this week that the reality is that when one refuses to renew their mind, We'll just call it this. When one says, yeah, you know, the whole like reading the Bible thing, the whole like, you know, actually giving myself daily to like read and to consume, that's, that's kind of legalistic, you know? And I think it's actually kind of like religious because I don't always like feel warm and fuzzy when I do it. And I'm going to be honest, if I don't feel it, then I'm not going to do it because that's totally legalism. Or really, that, that someone who goes, I, I, I'm, I'm not buying into the renewal of the mind that there is nothing anyone can do to help them, including God. That's a big statement. But, but let's think about it for a second. We serve a God who is a loving, gracious, miracle-working God that will meet you wherever you are every single time. This, this is the entire history of the children of Israel. Meeting them time after time after time. God will meet you right where you are. God is, God is so into you. God loves you so much. He cares. He believes so much in your future that God will meet you wherever you are, right here, right now. You could be at your lowest point. God can rescue and redeem. But every time, God, he, he rescues, he redeems, and then he instructs. Now renew your mind. Now, now, now renew your mind. Think of the children of Israel. They, they were delivered out of slavery, delivered out of bondage, e- Egyptian slavery. And, and what's one of the first things that God does? God calls Moses up to give to him the commands, the laws, and to instruct the people that, hey, you, you got to get this thing in front of you like every day. And I want you to talk about it in your home. I, I, want, you to, I, I want you to meditate and wrestle on this thing. I want you to teach. He's instructing them to go, hey, I've rescued you, I've delivered you, but if you don't get this thing in your heart and you don't allow me to start transforming you from the inside out, you're toast. And, and you can go back through Israel's history and what happened time and time again. They got delivered, they refused to do what God said, and they were back in slavery. And God's so gracious and God loves you so much that he'll deliver him again. And, then, and, and, and it's the cycle. See, God is a God of miracles, but he's also a God of principles. And God is a miracle-working, powerful God. Yet time and time again, through both the Old and the New Testament, God, he, he meets us where we are. And then he says, I love you so much that I want for you to begin to renew, to cleanse, 
to change your thinking so that from the inside out, you can begin to live and walk in my ways. Number two, you can write this down, practical thought for this morning, but it's, we have to begin to set a new standard. When is it that we begin to allow the culture of our world to determine the standard of our living? Since when did the school district determine the standard of our living? Since, since when did the, the sports system or the corporate world, since when did media and news, and when did the culture get to decide the standard? Because you may or may not be aware of this, but let me help you if you're not. There is a standard. It's God's standard. And what we do not get to decide is what that standard is. We, we, th- that would be playing God, which we, we are not. And that's a dangerous game to play. We, we do not get to go, you know, I know God said this is his standard. But I think that, you know, for, like for our family, for our preferences, I, I think actually we're kind of more like, you know, middle of the road people. You don't get to make that decision. There is a, and by the way, there is a standard, and the Bible says, do you know what sin is? Sin is missing that mark. Sin is simply when God says, here's the standard, but I, but I hit here. 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul is writing to his son in the faith, a, a, a young pastor, a young preacher, a young leader, and this is what he says. He says, Timothy, let no one despise your youth, but you, someone say you, but you be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In other words, he says, Timothy, you set the standard. You set the standard. Listen to how, how holistic this is. Timothy, I want you to be the example. I want you, even if you're the only one, I want you to begin to set the example and the standard. Holistically, listen, I want you to do it in your, in your words, the way you talk, well, contextualized, the way your thumbs talk on social media, how you post, how you respond, the words that you use, the tone of voice that you use in, in your words, in your conduct, in your overall manner of life. I, I want you in, in your love, in the way that you love people, in the way that you treat people, in the way that you think about and respond to people. He, he says, in your, in your spirit, in the attitude that you carry. Remember, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. It's, there's, there's a spirit, an attitude comes with being spirit-led and empowered. And he says, in your, in your attitude, you, you can put that back up there, Corey. He says, in your spirit, in your faith, in your diligence and discipline and adherence to go, no, my relationship with God matters. No, 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 my, my devotion to him matters. My, my disciplines, what God's, it, it, you be the example in your devotion to God and in your purity. In Actually, you be the example in what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. You be the example in in what is righteous and what is unrighteous. He says, Timothy, you got to start setting a new standard. You know how we lead? We lead with our living. Words matter. Yes, they do. And we are called to preach and we are called to tell people about about Jesus. And we we are called to, to pray for people. But your life matters. 
I, I don't remember if, if I've used this example or not, so forgive me if, if it's re- repetitive. But imagine I'm up here, here going, all right, guys, today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about treating your body like the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to tell you today that I have a revelation that the way to do that is we're all doing Whole30. And we're all going all organic, all vegan, everything. I, I don't even know the words that I'm using. That shows you how not real this is. And th- this is it. And if you don't adhere then, and, and, and you were to leave this, this whack sermon that has zero biblical grounds, just so, so we're clear, about eating whatever, and, and, and you were to go to a local food establishment, and I'm sitting there, and I'm eating a giant cheeseburger, curly fries, and a milkshake, what speaks louder? Not the sermon. Not the, your life tells a story. You, you can lead simply through your living. And since when did we start lowering the standard of our living and the standard of our life based on the environment? When, when, when did we start contextualizing obedience to Jesus to our current environment? No, you be the example. He says, Timothy, you might be the only one, but you got to begin to set a new standard and say, as for me, as for my household, we're going to live in, in the ways of God. Brandon, how do I do it? You become a great follower. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse, verse 15, he said, for I've given you an example that you should do as I have done. You know, the greatest leaders are the greatest followers. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. How do I start setting a new standard? I start following Jesus. And I start allowing the standard, the model, the example that Jesus has given me to be the standard, the model, the example of my life, of my living, of my words, of my love, of my conduct, of my faith, of my purity. Jesus, you are the standard. And I, I align my life with your standard. And I choose to to be the example. Number three, and we'll, we'll end right here. Number three, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We, we have to commit to, to kingdom stewardship. How, how do we begin to walk worthy of this call? How do we begin to walk worthy of the call of God that's on our life? How do we begin to align our life with the leadership that God wants to entrust us with to reach people and to build his house? We gotta start renewing our mind. We got to start setting a new standard and we have to start committing ourselves to kingdom stewardship. We, we won't read it because time doesn't permit us. Um, but last week, Pastor Gill preached such an amazing message. Um, I would encourage you that you would go podcast it and listen to it like five, six, seven, eight, nine, a hundred times. And you, you know, there's this thing, we talk about this often, but there's things that you, that you know informationally and then there's things that God gives you revelation of. And I was sitting right here on the front row last week. And informationally, I could have told you all about Matthew 25, this parable. But, but it wasn't until last week that it, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. And it's like there was just this revelation from my life personally of this parable. And I'll, I'll jog your memory. The parable in Matthew 25 I'm referring to is this parable of, of the master who gives to his servants talents. Parable goes something like this, Matthew 25, he, he, he says, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a journey. I'm going on a journey, and he gives to one servant 10 talents, to another five talents, to another one talent. He says, do business until I return. Master comes back, the servant with 10 talents 
has doubled it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Other one that had five doubles it. Oh, well done, good and faithful servant. The man who only had one talent. Master, I, like, I didn't want to mess it up. I didn't want to lose it. So I, I buried it. And, and the master says, you wicked and lazy servant. You did not just squander what I entrusted to you. You squandered the time that was given to you. The whole point of the parable is it's Jesus. Jesus is the man. Jesus has, he has, has left the earth in bodily form and he's deposited in every single one of us resource. Pastor, you preached this last week so, so eloquently, but you might not have everything you want, but you have everything you need. You might not be exactly where you want to be, but you're where God has you right now. You, you, you might not have all the things, but you do have some things. Every one of us, we, we, we got up today, and you know what we have? We have time. Every one of us, you know what we have? We have some resource. You might not have all the zeros that you want in your bank account, but you have, you have at least one. That, that's funny to me, because um, it might be zero. But you, we have resource. You might not be the most gifted, ta- but you do have gifts. You do have abilities. Every, every one of us, you're in a, even if you are like, hey, right now, like my situation, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm staying home with the kids and I, I, I yeah, you, you have, you have, you got three little, little munchkins. We all have a sphere of influence. We've all been given something. And the entire point of the parable is that, that we are to steward whatever God has given us for his kingdom. Let's think about the parable for a second. Why was the master frustrated? The master was frustrated and angry because, hey, this is my business. Like, we, like we're trying to make a profit. And I gave you resource. And I gave you time. And, and you squandered it. Newsflash. This is God's thing. Our life is God's life. And maybe it's not a business the way we think about it, but 1 Timothy tells us that you know what the will of God is? You know what the heart of God is? That all men would be saved. Oh, God God is in the business of wanting to, to see people's lives reconciled and redeemed. And you're holding resource he's given you. You might not have recognized it, You might not see it that way, but you're holding resource that God's given you right now. You're holding it. The reality is just like these three men gave an account before their master. The Bible tells us in multiple places that we will give an account before God. And it will not be a question of salvation. It'll be a question of stewardship. We've given your life to Jesus and you've accepted him as Lord and Savior it, that's, that, that's, that's not what we're giving an account for. You, you have been saved by the grace of God, not in your own works, not in your own merit. And he is preparing a home for you. But we will stand before him and we will give an account for stewardship. Hey, all that time that I gave you, what did you do with that? 
hey, as, as I kept blessing and increasing you, how come you kept on putting that over here to further your thing rather than recognizing there was need in the thing that I was calling you to? Hey, that, that, that's amazing. Like, I, I hope that you do get better at this hobby, but, but all that time, all that energy, all that thought, we will give an account before the Lord of how we stewarded it because he is the master and he has gone, but he will return. And when he, he returns, it is stewardship that he is expecting. Stewardship he's expecting. Matthew 6, 6, 19 through 20, this is what Jesus said. He said, don't lay it for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. I, I, I don't know, Pastor, because like I do have legitimate needs and legitimate things that I'm really hoping and desiring for, for my life and my family. Yeah, me too. But Jesus said in Matthew 6.33 that if we would seek first, if we'd seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things would be added. God does not mind adding to your life. God, God is so for adding to your life. God wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to even fulfill the desires of your heart. God is so into adding but it's in alignment with our stewardship. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be, will be added. So can I ask you a question this morning? The, the, the way that you steward, and it's contextualized every single one of us because we're all in a different place. But the way that you steward what God has given you, is it from a kingdom perspective? God, this all belongs to you. The breath that I'm breathing belongs to you. Everything I have belongs to you. And there will come a time where none of this will matter. The achievement, the accolade, the promotion, the zeros in the bank account, whether we did Cabo or didn't do Cabo, it just, it, it won't matter. What will matter is people. What will matter is souls. What will matter is hurting, broken people who are people is what will, God would, God, would you help me to steward what I've been given to be about that? God, how do I leverage myself? How, how, how do I give my life, gen, you know, generosity is so much more than money. I've heard it said the cheapest form of generosity is money. The really generosity is, is your life. God, how, how do I generously give my life so that the world around me would know you? God, how, how do I generously give my life to help build the house of God, the local church? Because this is, this is eternal things that we're talking about. And God, I want to stand before you one day and I don't want to hold account for bad stewardship. I want to stand before you like the Apostle Paul said and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. There's a crown of righteousness that awaits you. Paul said, I've, I've poured my life out as a drink offering. And there's a crown of righteousness that awaits me. And he says, and to all who are living with this perspective in mind. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll close. These three thoughts that I gave you today, I, I really would ask that you would ask God, God, where am I? Because here's the reality. These, these are progressive in nature, are they not? 
Maybe you're here today and you're like, honestly, I, 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 I can't even like get my mind around being an example or stewarding my life for God's kingdom. But, but where I am is I just need to start renewing my mind. God, I, there is a call in my life. There is something you have for me. God, I want to walk worthy of that. So your starting place is renewing your mind. Maybe it's like, I've, I've renewed my mind and I'm, like, I'm well aware there are things that God is requiring of me that I've been saying no and I've been, so there's your starting point. Okay, God, as I've been renewing my mind, there are things in me that I know you're, I need to say yes to and, and obey and follow. And, Maybe you're at a place today where, honestly, Pastor, like just me and me and God, we like we're great. My life is great, but but I've kind of been stewarding everything I have for my thing. And what God would speak to you this morning is, let's begin to shift that perspective. Whether it's renewing your mind, whether it's setting a new standard, whether it's beginning to shift the perspective to go, how do I steward to build God's house, to advance His kingdom, to reach people? Whatever it is God's deposit, would we take that today? And like Pastor Yo preached last week, would we begin to get that seed in our heart and let God continue and bring to fruition that thing he's wanting to do in us? Can I pray for you? God, thank you today for your word. Not just your written word, but God, your spoken word, your revealed word. God, I know there are people here today under the sound of my voice that on the outside may seem like they have it together, but are battling fear, insecurity, feelings of shame or guilt or condemnation, trying to find fulfillment. I pray that God, you would, for the first time or, or, or once again, you would affirm to them that you have called them. There is fulfillment in fulfilling the call that's on their life that you have qualified them. They, they, they might, may not be perfect, but your finished work has been perfected. You, you, you are our qualification. And I pray today that as, as, this, as, as the call of God settles on our shoulders, that we would begin to feel the weight of that call in a way that says, I want to align my life and walk worthy of that call. I pray that as we do, God, you would help every one of us wherever we are to begin to put practical application to that, to begin to renew our mind, to begin to be, be set a new standard, to begin to steward what you've given us for God's kingdom. And I pray that as we do, that we would not only be molded and shaped by you, become more like you, become more of who you call us to be, but that we would live fruitful lives for your kingdom where many people are saved reconciled to God because of our decision to live in and walk worthy of God's call. We thank you for it today. We're trusting you, God, to finish what you started. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.